Our scripture this morning, <coughs> excuse me, our scripture this morning comes from Matthew chapter 2, verses 1 through 12. And I'll be reading from the contemporary English version this morning. When Jesus was born in the village of Bethlehem in Judea, Herod was king. During this time, some wise men from the east came to Jerusalem and said, Where is the king? Where is the child born to be king of the Jews? We saw his star in the east and have come to worship him. When King Herod heard about this, he was worried. And so was everyone else in Jerusalem. Herod brought together the chief priests and the teachers of the law of Moses and asked them, where will the Messiah be born? They told him he will be born in Bethlehem, just as the prophet wrote. Bethlehem, in the land of Judea, you are very important among the towns of Judea. From your town will come a leader who will be like a shepherd for my people Israel. Herod secretly called in the wise men and asked them when they had first seen the star. He told them, go to Bethlehem and search carefully for the child. And as soon as you find him, let me know. I want to go and worship him too. The wise men listened to what the king said and then left. And the star they had seen in the east went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. They were thrilled and excited to see the star. When the wise men went into the house and saw the child with Mary, his mother, they knelt down and worshipped him. They took out their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh and gave them to him. Later, they were warned in a dream not to return to Herod, and they went back home by another road. This is the word of God for the people of God. Thanks be to God. Well, today is the 10th day of Christmas. We're still in the Christmas season, and it's still a time to focus on part of the story of Christmas. This scripture has part of the traditional Christmas story that we don't find in the other Gospels. Matthew mentions that Herod was king. This story includes the Magi, or the wise men. They ask about the child who is born to be king. It mentions the star, his star, the wise men called it. The star they had seen in the east. The one that scripture now says went on ahead of them until it stopped over the place where the child was. But in this part of the story that only Matthew tells us, there's something important we need to not lose among all those who celebrated Christ's birth, the shepherds, the angels, the wise man. I want to make sure we don't miss the action in this story. The action was this. People seeking the Messiah, people finding the Messiah, people worshiping the Messiah. 
and then people's lives going a different way because they found the Messiah. These are all important details. They're part of the nativity story. They're significant facets of a healthy relationship with the Lord every day. So I want to look at the seeking, finding, worshiping, and going a different way because they found the Messiah as a part of the story of the Magi today. First, we find people seeking the Messiah. And by seeking, I mean putting forth some major effort to enter the presence of Christ, actively working hard to find the Messiah. Those seekers potentially traveled for days, weeks, maybe even months. There were no rest areas along the way. There were no Marriott's or Hampton Inns or whatever your favorite overnight stop might be. There was no Wendy's Waffle House or White Castle to grab a quick meal along the way. There was no paid vacation time. There were no vehicles with split air controls. Nothing about this journey of the wise men was convenient. When's the last time any of us endured that kind of inconvenience and the conditions in this story to ensure that we could truly encounter the Messiah? and then worship the Messiah with others who are doing the same thing. Think about those Sunday mornings when things are normal in our society without pandemic and we can get out to go to church as we'll be able to start doing again next week. We're way excited about that. Think about those Sunday mornings when we have an opportunity to worship with others but it's windy and rainy. Or it's cold and snowy. Or maybe it's one of those really hot summer mornings and the air conditioner in our car isn't working very well. Maybe it's one of those mornings where we just woke up and we know we didn't sleep well all night. How quickly do we make any excuse to just stay home? because that'd be so much easier. One of the lessons we find in this story in the scripture is that these people looking for the Messiah were quite determined. They were not going to be deterred in their efforts to find the one they were seeking. I mean, think about it. In this story, the wise men stopped to ask, where is he who is born king of the Jews? How often does it happen that a group of men stop and ask for directions? <laughs> they stopped and said, where is he who was born king of the Jews? They were not going to be satisfied with anything but finding the Messiah. Next, we see in the story, the seekers found the Messiah. Now, I don't know if they found what they had expected, but they did find the Messiah. They must have wondered, could this child really be the king, the Messiah that we're looking for? It would not be what most people would expect. 
when they entered the presence of a king. But somehow they knew there was something unique about this young boy who would become king. Not only king of the Jews, as they heard in the scripture told to them, but the king of the universe, the king of kings. They had found the one they were looking for. All the traveling, hardship, and inconvenience was worth the work. And what an act of faith to see this helpless baby lying there, believing that he would really become the king. We need that kind of faith to sustain us when things are going well and when we go through those, uh, our own times of hardship. The story calls us to a deep faith in the one we proclaim to be king. They had found the king. Then we see their response to finding the Messiah. Scripture says they bowed down and worshipped him. Now we don't know exactly what that might have looked like. But we're told their initial response was to bow before the king. You know, when I look at, at various nativity scenes and even older paintings of the nativity, I often see, you know, maybe it's like one magi, one wise man is, is down on a knee and they're presenting a gift to the baby Jesus. But I'm wondering if they've gone all of this way and they really now want to worship and bow before the king, if their bowing might not have been completely bowing down low to communicate total submission, total worship in every way they possibly could before the babe that they had found paying homage to this king, acknowledging that the one they bowed to was deserving of all the honor and glory they could give. Now, I don't know about you, but it's been a while since I bowed before anyone like that. In fact, I don't know how often I really even bow before the Lord, fully bowed completely before indicating total surrender. But I picture in my mind that's their bowing before Jesus, worshiping with all they had, glorifying and praising the new king. Something special and powerful must have drawn them to the place where Jesus was. Not some earthly power, that young king had no earthly power to use at that point. There's no way this little baby had already done anything for them. So apparently, they came to worship just because of who he was. They bowed before him in reverence, in worship. It's a great reminder for us today that our Lord deserves our worship and praise simply because of who he is. 
Our Lord deserves worship and praise because of who he is. Jesus was and is God. Jesus was and is Lord and as such deserves our worship for that reason alone. Now, it might be nice when we are able to give specific reasons to praise God and to thank God, but true worship, true praise is about who God is more so than about what God does. And the illustration in this story remains as an ongoing example for us today. Christ is worthy of our worship, <coughs> excuse me, because he is the Lord. The wise men worshiped the king in the presence of the king. Scripture doesn't really say what that means. Did they say certain prescribed pre-planned words? Did they offer words of adoration? Did they tell the young king how awesome he is? Maybe they were speechless and had no adequate words to express what they wanted to. But they found some way to express worship to and for the king. They must have poured out their hearts to give him glory. Maybe, maybe they even included what a long, difficult journey they had made and said, but it was totally worth it because now we're here to worship the king. We don't really know exactly what they did or said, but I can't help but believe it included honest expressions of their heart and soul that went deeper than merely showing up and going through the motions. After their experience of worshiping the king, the Bible says they went back home by another road. They got told to take a detour. Don't you love getting detoured when you're trying to get home? Or anywhere else for that matter. Detours often mean inconvenience and taking a longer way to get where we're going. The Magi got detoured. And we know, because the scripture tells us, this detour was in response to a dream which we believe came from God. And they took a different route home to avoid Herod. They went home by another road. There may be something in those words for us today. Going back home by another road included their natural response to having been in the presence of Jesus. You see, once we've been in the presence of the living Christ, once we've genuinely worshiped our Lord, we can't help but go another way other than the way we were living before we encountered him. And that's true whether it's the first time we've come to know Christ or every time we enter his presence to worship. It's not possible to encounter the living God and go right back to where we came from with everything being the same way. 
because we'll be different. We'll be changed. God will make us different in ways that happen only when we enter into the presence of God. We'll go back home by another road as God leads us. For us today, there has to be more to worship than simply showing up at church when we're in person or more than just watching online. We can worship in all of those situations, but there has to be more than just showing up, following along with the words, even if we don't sing, or maybe we bring our gold and frankincense and myrrh or other offerings. We say a few prayerful words, then we got to get out of here because we got to get to Cracker Barrel before the lunch is too long. The line's too long, excuse me. And then we walk out and go right back to our normal routine, going back the same way. What about us? Will we head home by another road? The wise man did. Will we head home by another road? Have we really come and worshiped Christ and now we're headed a different way? Have we come into the presence of God in a way that's changed us? Or have we just done church? And we're heading back down the same road as before. As though nothing has changed. If we've really come to Jesus. Really worshipped and offered our gifts if we've really honored and glorified our Lord from the depths of heart and soul, if we've been impacted by our time in the Lord's presence, we know we're heading out and going down a different road as we leave. Our challenge in this world today is to keep heading home by that other way, by that different road. Whenever we stop to intentionally worship Christ, we should head home down that different road another way. We can choose to end a time of worship and go right back the way we were, or we can be changed by worshiping the living Lord. And we can head home by that different way. A way that is freshly impacted by who the Messiah is and the fact that we purposely took time to worship our Lord together. How are we headed today? Down the same road as before? Or headed down another road led by God having been changed by worshiping the King in the very presence of the King. Would you pray with me? Lord, take us on the detours that will be consistent with where you lead us. The detours that happen when we enter the presence of the living God to worship, to honor you, to glorify you. And then we leave by a different road. 
because being in your presence has changed us. We pour out our hearts in worship again this morning. Sometimes not being exactly sure what to say, sometimes finding that our words are inadequate to express our heart. But in every way we can, in all that we have and are, we pour out our hearts to you in worship, in praise, to glorify our Lord and King, in whose name we pray. Amen.